You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network. New shows every day. Find us at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. Welcome to your Canadians Connection on Rocket Sports Radio. This premier hockey podcast featured on allhabs.net brings you the latest news, in-depth analysis, and expert commentary about the NHL's most storied franchise, the Montreal Canadiens, hosted by Rick Stevens with Amy Johnson and Chris G. Our team of credentialed journalists provides behind-the-scenes insight on the Canadians, designed to inform, entertain, and engage Habs fans around the globe. We are proud to be the trusted source for all things Habs for more than a decade. This is the Canadians Connection Podcast. All right, hi everybody. Welcome to the Canadians Connection Podcast. It's episode 169 here on Rocket Sports Radio, keeping you informed, engaged, and entertained. My name is Chris G, and I'll be your host today on this Saturday, December 18th. And I'm pleased to be joined in studio by my co-host. He is the editor-in-chief, the founder, and the president of Rocket Sports. It's Rick Stevens. How are you doing, Rick? I'm doing really well. I uh, hope you're good, and uh, yeah, as you said, it's the 18th, we're a week away from Christmas, and uh, there's chaos in the NHL uh, right now, all kinds of things up in the air, lots to ha- lots of things happening, so um, we've got a, a really busy show, and, and uh, I'm alone in the studio, well, I'm alone in the studio until the third segment, and uh, well, well, we'll, we'll tell you who's who's going to be joining me, but you're, uh, you've got your reporter hat on and, and, uh, you're in transit right now. Yeah. I'm, I'm, uh, following the Laval rocket beat story right outside of Plastel because there was some news coming out of the rocket as well. So we'll, we'll get to that also, uh, later on in this uh, first segment. And, and like you mentioned, Rick, there's plenty of news. I, I think chaos was probably like an understatement of what's <laughs> going on in the, in the NHL right now, but not just the NHL, it's AHL, uh, North American pro sports uh, around the world. It impacts everybody. But we'll, we'll talk about how it impacts the Montreal Canadiens. Uh, we're also going to talk about, like I mentioned, the Laval Rocket and uh, what's going on with them. And then in our big topic, what well, with players that are slowly scheduled to return to the lineup, well, some roster decisions will need to be made some lineup choices by Dominic Ducharme and the coaching staff and we'll give our thoughts on that in our big topic. Now let's begin with uh, a quick recap of the Canadians game since our last episode and don't forget to check out comprehensive previews and post-game reviews of every Canadians game at allhabs.net. It began last Saturday when the Montreal Canadiens were in St. Louis to face the Blues and while it took the Blues 63 seconds to get on the board, and they never looked back on their way to a 4-1 victory in St. Louis, Alexander Romanov was the Canadiens' only goal scorer 
of that game. On Tuesday, the Canadians headed to Pittsburgh to face the Penguins. And well, the Canadians spent a good chunk of the second period in the penalty box on Thursday as they went on to lose 5-2 to two against uh, Pittsburgh. Uh, Jonathan Joy and uh, Jesse Lonin scored for Montreal. And then on Thursday, Canadians back at the Bell Centre. Well, around the fight, tied the score with 539 remaining in regulation to force the game against the Flyers to go into overtime. Three-on-three hockey, well, that didn't provide a winner, and it took shootout, and Jonathan Joy scored the only goal in the shootout to give the Canadians a 3-2 win. Arturi Lekkonen was uh, Montreal's other goal scorer in uh, that game, and he gave the Canadians a record right now of 7 21 and 3. So, 7 wins in uh, 31 games. So, it didn't get in, in the win loss column, it didn't get much better for the Canadians. Yeah, it was uh, rather dire after after the Pittsburgh game. Well, I should mention that uh, against St. Louis, it was kind of a home, uh, homecoming game because. You had Jake Allen versus Charlie Lindgren. Um, Michael Pecka was in the game. Marco Scandella. Uh, so a lot of familiar faces, I guess you'd say. Uh, but the Canadians losing that game, then losing uh, in Pittsburgh. Uh, t- it was a seven-game losing streak. And things were um, not not very good. And there was uh, a bit of controversy uh, with, uh, with some of the quotes that were made. Um, but then... You know, uh, spirits were uh, livened up in in uh, after the shootout victory on Thursday night against Philadelphia. That, although uh, in front of uh, no fans, and uh, we'll be talking about that as well. In uh, roster news, there was plenty of roster moves uh, this week. Roster news, I should say. And well, let's begin with uh, Brendan Gallagher and Sami Niku, who are out of COVID. Uh, protocol, so they started uh, getting back into shape. Uh, the coach, Sharp said that they may be available for the game against the Islanders on uh, on Monday. Uh, Jeff Petrie, he returned to the lineup against the Penguins on Tuesday after missing four games with an upper body injury. And in the same game, Jake Evans also returned uh, to play after missing two games with a uh, undisclosed minor injury, is what it was called. Uh, Chris Weidman, he returned home to be with his wife for the birth of their first, well, sorry, of their child, Harry Stone uh, Weidman. So congratulations to uh, to Chris Weidman and his family for the latest edition. And while well, he was back skating with the team, well, alone, I should say, on the Thursday afternoon, so likely, you know, could be available for, uh, for the Canadians on the next uh, game. A medical update was received. For uh, Josh Anderson, he's been out since uh, December 2nd when he sustained an upper body injury. Well, the timeline has been revised to eight weeks, uh, retroactive to December 2nd. So it means that Josh Anderson will be out at least until, well, eight weeks gives early early February. So in time for the trade deadline. <laughs> yeah, plenty, plenty of time in advance of the trade deadline. Um. Jesse Ilonen, like I mentioned earlier, he scored his first career NHL goal against the Pittsburgh Penguins on Thursday. It was a nice shot from the point. Uh, Laurent Dauphin was in a battle in front of the net as well. 
and it was reporting goal at that time was at the end of the period to keep the Canadians in, into it, but Penguins took over in the third period. It was still a, a, a good moment for uh, for Jesse Lonen against the Penguins on Tuesday night. I think I said Thursday, but it's actually Tuesday night that that happened. In uh, other roster news, Carey Price and Paul Byron, well, they, they started skating together. Paul Byron took some shots on Carey Price uh, this week. Which is which is good news for both of those players. Uh, Paul Byron, in the original timeline that was given, he was supposed to return, you know, around the holiday season, like end of December. So that means he's in his final stages. And while well, the coach mentioned that uh, they will both join practice uh, sometime, uh, well, I guess we'll say next week or this week. In, in, in the state of New York, we'll say where they should be joining the team for uh, for practice. In other news, it was announced that Matthias Norlander, he was loaned back to uh, Forlunda for the remainder of the season. So the defenseman, he had played three games with the Laval Rockets uh, after he was recently assigned to them. Uh, the plan was he played it for three games and then would, a decision would be made by uh, the player, the agent, the organization, all together. And, and, and Rick... Matthias Nolander, he went back to um, he went back home, and as time was going on, it seemed more and more likely that this is uh, the outcome that would have happened for this year. Yeah, it was kind of odd because um, the what what Dom Ducharme said uh, he he needed more time, he needed more uh, experience with the North America, the smaller ice surface, and and uh, so there. You know, you thought maybe uh, there was going to be uh, some sort of uh, change to the plan to keep him in North America, maybe leave him with the Laval Rocket, but that didn't sit too well um, with uh, Matthias Norlander. He didn't, there was reports uh, that that, uh, he preferred to go back home rather than play in the AHL. His body language and his interviews, usually, you know, a very smiley guy, a very happy guy. Uh, that changed uh, even when, when you spoke to him, Chris. Um, it, it seemed uh, that, that something changed along the way. Norlander and his agent had uh, discussions with Jeff Gordon and, and, uh, and the coaching staff, and the decision was made to send him back to Ferlunda, where, where he'll get lots of ice time. And uh, and and just continue his his development path. Yeah, and Coach Charm, uh, he did mention like after the announcement that you know he felt that ideally he would have stayed uh, in North America to continue working on his game, but that's not what uh, seems like. Norlander preferred going back home, and if I'm not mistaken, Fernanda is having a great season as well. So, which probably. Uh, makes it more attractive for him to go back as well. And if I'm not mistaken, he'll also be playing at the Spring at the Springler Cup as well, uh, over the holidays season. And even with the Rocket which he played three games, like I spoke to him after his first game when he, he got a couple of points that night. He was very he was smiling because you know, he had a great game that day. But then even the next two games on, on the road he, he, he was playing Less wasn't playing as confident as he did that uh, that first night. So, you know, I I think it's a shame that he went like, that. This is a path that was chosen, like for him as a hockey player, 
I think it wasn't the best decision for his development, but it seems like on a personal basis, like for Matias Longer as a person, kind of like that's where he wanted to uh, to be. And well, we'll we'll see him back here. Uh, I'm assuming we'll see him back here for her next season's uh, training camp. In uh, other Russian news, the Montreal Canadiens, they recalled uh, Caden Primo from the Laval Rockets to play in the game against the uh, Philadelphia Flyers on uh, Thursday. And, well, it, uh, the plan was all along to keep it at one game and to return uh, to Laval right after the game. And and Rick Caden Primo, he and it went to shootout and it finished scary, uh, the, the shootout. But Primo ended up getting the, the W for, for that uh, contest. Yeah, it was um, it was an interesting uh, move by the Canadians to bring him up just for the one game. It was announced before the game that he would be going right back to Lavelle afterwards. Uh, Caden Primo is, um, I think he's had a, a, an up and down season, an okay season uh, in Lavelle. He's won eight of his uh, the sixteen games that he's played. Uh, 9-12 save percentage. Two seventy seven is his goals against. Um, I think he's been playing better lately uh, in Laval and uh, may, and and playing a lot, obviously. Um, um, and and I think maybe it was a bit of a reward for him to come up. Uh, there was a, there was a nice story there too. There's a connection. Um, you know, his his dad captained the Flyers. Uh, Caden born in Voorhees. That's where the the Flyers practice. Uh, so there was all of those kinds of, of connections. Um, you know, uh, the other possibility is Jeff Gordon is showcasing him, um, probably less likely, but, um, maybe just a nice, uh, you know, pat on the head for him to come up and get a, and, uh, an NHL start. And, and listen, the team was, was, uh, locked down defensively. Uh, through the the regulation, through 60 minutes, uh, Caden Primo only faced uh, four high-danger scoring chances. Um, The the Canadians got 20 on Carter Hart. Uh, So the Canadians played exceptionally well defensively. Uh, Caden Primo looked good in in the shootout, and uh, it was kind of a win-win all the way around. Hey, and I think we'll... I think we'll see it uh, again happen later in the season. As long as Primo's playing well in the AHL, I think we'll we'll see him come back uh, here and there when the Canadians are at home and the Rockets are at home to make these kind of swaps. And Rick, you kind of mentioned it. I, I didn't want to bring it up there. I didn't want to go there. But, you know, you mentioned how good the Canadians played against uh, the Flyers on Thursday. And it was played in front of no fans. So the conclusion that I draw is that all this season there was a fan's that was a problem. <laughs> well, yeah, I, I know you say that in jest, but um, the Canadians looked a lot more relaxed. Um, you know, maybe they maybe they were were a little tight, uh, and you know, especially after the the seven game uh, losing streak, uh, that the pressure was kind of lifted. Uh, yeah, you, they they will always say that they want to play in front of fans and how weird it is, but uh, maybe for that game alone, it, it kind of took some of the pressure off. And on the other side, the Flyers looked uh, awful uh, in the first period. They had no energy whatsoever, and they had really hyped up uh, that they love uh, the the Mike Yo, the, the Flyers head coach, had said how much they love the atmosphere of the Bell Center, and then it was just dead in the building. So that seemed to affect the the Flyers too. And of course, the teams just found out 
a couple hours before uh, game uh, before puck drop uh, that uh, f- uh, fans were not going to be allowed in the Bell Centre. Right, so we'll get back to that in, in a couple of moments, but now let's move on and talk about uh, the Rocket Report. This edition of the Rocket Report is brought to you by AHL.Report. Your premier source for the Laval Rocket, the AHL affiliate of the Montreal Canadiens. AHL.Report is a proud member of the Rocket Sports Media Network. The Laval Rocket played two games since last week's episode of the Canadian Connection podcast. It started off last week on Sunday when the Rocket were in Hershey and they came up victorious 4-2. to two. And that was the game that Caden uh, Primo was uh, in goal. And then the Rocket were off until Friday, back home, in front of an empty building as well at Pascal in uh, Laval, where the Laval Rocket, well, they, they were down 2 nothing really early into the game. But the, Ro- the Rocket took advantage of the Bruins in discipline in the second period and scored three power play goals on their way to win a 6-3 matchup against the uh, Providence Bruins. And well, with that win, it places the Levant Rocket third place in the uh, North Division. So they're still, they're, they're in the mix there for a playoff spot. There'll be five teams that uh, earn a playoff spot in the North Division. It's, their, it's a really tight race so far, still early in the season. Plenty of uh, time as well, but so far they're looking uh, good on, uh, on the, in, in the standings. Boy, that was um, a rough start last night. Um, Michael McNiven got the start, and and he looked really rusty on those those first uh, two goals. But the the Rocket got their feet under them, and uh, uh, again, uh, as you mentioned, uh, no fans in the building in Place Bell, uh, but the the Rocket uh, took over that game and uh, and and skated to a, a relatively easy six three win. Yeah, like, and, and even after the game, when I spoke to uh, Jean-François Roux, like he for Michael McNiven, he said that he, he looked nervous at the start of the game. And, and McNiven hadn't started since uh, November 27th. So that, that was about almost three weeks without playing. So it's, it's, it's a lot of time between game action mm-hmm. as well. So that's one of like, the domino effects of, example, like they were playing Primo uh, all the games. So that meant Michael McNiven... Uh, wasn't playing like there was the time where he missed some action because of a uh, because of an illness as well, but it it just left a lot of time between both starts, so it's a little bit it's understandable that he could have been nervous to uh, to start off the game, and even the players and the coach after the game when when you're talking about the energy that the fans normally bring, because especially Ul, several times during the season he he, he kept talking his press conference like. Several press conferences. He began with thanking the fans in the arena for the energy they would bring to their team. So it was quite uh, the contrast for uh, for the players. And well, I was at Plasto for uh, for the game, and I could tell you that uh, the coaching staff, the players, the equipment folks, the support staff—they're all preparing to uh, to load the bus to head to uh, Syracuse for a game against the Syracuse Crunch uh, tonight, uh, on Saturday night. And then, well, well what happened is there was uh, some positive tests with the Syracuse Crunch, and late at night, the, the Rocket 
didn't end up traveling. But uh, earlier this morning, the AHL announced it that the um, the game between the, the Rocket and the Crunch wouldn't take place, and there was a lot of nervousness. So like, uh, I spoke to Kevin Roy last night, spoke to Alex Belzil, spoke to John Fossil, and all three of them uh, mentioned that they were concerned of playing that game, especially considering that they had to travel the border to do so. Because if there was any positive test, the, the players or the coaching staff that would have been uh, impacted, while well, they would have to stay in quarantine in the U.S. and miss time with their, with their families back, uh, back home. Yeah, that's, that's tough. Um, we've seen Montreal media, <laughs> some of them are stuck uh, in the U.S. Uh, because of positive uh, COVID tests. Um, and, uh, it w- would have been tough. Uh, you know, that's also a consideration of the NHLers, uh, going to, to China, if they'll get stuck there for the Olympics, if there's a positive test. So it's understandable that the rocket, uh, delayed, uh, their travel and waited to, to hear about, uh, this, the situation in Syracuse, uh, because it would be, it, it would be uh, tough for them to be, uh, stuck in the States over Christmas uh, and not be able to make it back, as you said, to, to spend time with their families. Because the, the Rocket now have a, a pretty substantial break uh, in their schedule. Yeah, they're playing on the 29th, and that's their just one game, and then they're playing again in the new year. So it's kind of a relaxed schedule for them right now. So they'll have plenty of time also to spend with their, uh, with their families over, uh, over the holiday break. Well, during the holidays... One of our traditions of hockey fans is watching the World Junior Championships. And while it was confirmed this week that Canadians prospect Caden Gooley will be part of uh, Team Canada, not a surprise, that was expected. And while there was another prospect that was, you know, borderline, he was on the cusp of making the team or not, but uh, Joshua Roy, who's uh, he's been performing really well in the Quebec Junior Hockey League, he was a, a final cut and uh, did not make uh, Team Canada uh, this uh, this year. Yeah, and I think uh, he had a real chance. He's had a great season so far, Joshua Wah, and, and uh, as has uh, Caden Gooley. Caden Gooley, we've talked about before, who was traded uh, midseason, now playing with the Edmonton Oil Kings, but will be wearing the Team Canada uh, jersey and may have a letter on that jersey as uh, Team Canada gets ready in Alberta uh, for the World Junior Championships that are always uh, entertaining, competitive, and uh, and Team Canada once again with a strong contingent for uh, and and should be a, 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 a you know a competitor for the gold medal. And I just reminded to make sure you read the content at ahl.report and uh, to listen and subscribe to uh, the Press Zone podcast hosted by Amy Johnson and uh, yourself, Rick Stevens, which gets published weekly every Tuesday and every second week, uh, joined by Patrick Williams for the, uh, the, the hot stove. So go to your favorite podcast player and make sure you click subscribe and uh, leave a rating as well and your, your comments. Uh, back to uh, Montreal Canadiens now, and every week we, we select some clips, some quotes from uh, the previous week and, and discuss, discuss them. 
And let's begin first with um, with uh, Dominic Ducharme and a comment about you know trying things. And at one point too, like, we gotta try something behind the bench to maybe something will spark up. So just a brief clip, but um, this this clip was talked about quite a bit this week. In that Dom Ducharme said. Listen, I'm just trying things um, and hoping for a spark from the team. And and I think this was in reference to putting Jake, Evan, Jake Evans on the wing, uh, who's played there uh, several games now, um, uh, both before and after uh, he returned from injury. Uh, of course, Jake Evans' uh, future with the Canadians is at center. Uh, it's tougher to... Uh, develop centers so you want to see we want to see uh, Jake Evans getting experience at center uh, but um, you know uh, Dom Descharm isn't necessarily on the uh, worried about developing players he's worried about getting wins and uh, just trying to create a spark uh, with this team well at least you tried something I guess but uh, <laughs> uh, but Let's move on now to the next clip. This is probably the clip that got the most, um, it, it created the most noise, I, I would say, this week. And it was from a Canadian defenseman, Jeff Petrie. This was following Tuesday night's game against the uh, Pittsburgh Penguins. And the question that he was asked was pretty simple because at, at that time, the Canadians uh, had lost their seventh consecutive game. And Jeff Petrie was asked if there's anything else uh, different than you could say that from that that not already have been said in the past. No, I mean there's nothing there's nothing new to say. And yeah, it's frustrating. It's uh, it's the same things over and over. Um, you know, it's just we're not we're not playing as a team. We're not playing as a group. We're it's it's like you're searching to find where people are, and there's. Seems like there's no structure out there. I mean, you watch it up 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 top, and you're you know there's times where you're where you're scratching your head, and I feel like everybody knows where we should be, but we're not going to those places. We're not we're not making it easy for anybody on the ice, except most of the time the other team. Huge frustration, obvious frustration by Jeff Petrie. Um, he talked about being up top. That's when he was in the press box, when he was injured, and he was able to see uh, from up top uh, what things look like. And he wasn't impressed. Um, you know, as he said, he at times he was left scratching his head, wondering what in the world uh, they were doing. The the comment though that was um, uh, was talked about most was when he said it. It just doesn't look like we we have a structure that we're playing with structure. And that was interpreted by most as uh, a direct shot at uh, the system of, of Dom Ducharme. And, uh, uh, and, and I, I, you know, there's, there's not too many other ways of seeing it other than uh, him expressing uh, his frustration with, uh, with the, the structure, with the system. I think, like, obviously, like, when the team has lost seven consecutive games, like, there's frustration, like, everywhere. And mm-hmm. I think, like, um, if we go back for the Canadian season, I think everybody needs to be better. I think, like, the, like the players need to be better. The coaches need to be better. The general manager, need, well, when I say general manager, in this case, I mean Mark Bergevin, had to be better. 
like the owner has to be better. Like everything has to, like everybody has to be, um, has to be better. And I think like, like, I think Jeff Peter was frustrated at everybody. Like not just the coaching staff, including the coaching staff. But I think he was just frustrated at uh, everybody for, for what was going on. Like in terms of, you know, they're not playing. He said, he said like he seems like they're not playing with our structure. And he adds, like, we know where we're supposed to go, but we're not going there. So so that part, like, I interpret it like it's, it's on the players because, well, we know where we're supposed to go, but we're not going there. When, But it's also the coaching staff's job to make sure, they, like, you know, that they're teaching the coaching the players to get there at the same time. So it's, I think it's just an accumulation of frustration. And one thing that, um, so we, we uh, like we spoke uh, about how the Canadians played well on on Thursday. Uh, I wouldn't include Jeff Petrie in in, no. uh, in that list. Like he he didn't like it's good. Like, like he you know like he voiced his opinion, like his thoughts. It's great. I think everybody wants the players to be honest and not give those canned responses like Cole Caulfield like usually gives. But um, but he he didn't he he didn't step up he didn't uh, deliver in the next opportunity that he had when most like a good chunk of, of his teammates in the following game that they um, that they did. One thing I would have liked that they would have asked Jeff Petrie. I'm I'm thinking when he was up there he probably listened to last week's podcast where you and Michael had him on 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 their list to be <laughs> traded. I'm sure he was frustrated about that as well. Yeah. <laughs> Well, speaking of that, so like like you mentioned, Rick, like um, a lot of it was interpreted as a shot to the coach um, Dominic Ducharme, and well, the following day, uh, Dominic Ducharme was um, was asked about the the words. But just before we play that on uh, the Tuesday night, Dominic Ducharme later was asked if he agreed with uh, Jeff Peters' comments, and he said that he he didn't. But now let's hear what he had to say the following day when he was asked once again about uh, Jeff Peters' comments. To talk about things, we do it as a family, and uh, we uh, we took care of that, and that's done. No, everyone wants to do well, uh, and like I said, we took care of business this morning. And I think that's fair. Um, you don't you don't want words going back and forth, and and yeah, I think it was unfortunate that. Um, uh, Ducharme right after uh, his initial reaction was, uh, well, I thought we played fine. We were in it. We were in it. We were uh, kind of toe to toe sort of thing. Uh, that was kind of unfortunate, but th- this was the right answer that um, we're a family. We take care of things in, in private. And, um, and, and I think that's, that's kind of the way that um, things need to be uh, handled. Um, and, and I'll just add to your comments about Petrie. Um, it, it kind of undermines his criticism when, when he didn't go out and play well on Thursday, but you know, maybe Jeff Petrie's uh, criticism would have more weight if he had been playing well this entire season, which of course we know that, uh, Jeff Petrie's really, really struggled this season and, and, uh, you know, perhaps many, many of the, the scouts are saying, well, 
that's kind of how he looked at like when he was with Edmonton and the reason they traded him. Um, and, uh, and he's fallen back into, uh, bad habits and it's not, uh, you know, folks are saying about that, that it, it's, uh, re- related to an injury. Um, it, it really isn't, it's, it's less about his skating or his skill and it's more about bad decisions that he's making. Um, but uh, you know, just to, to round it up, I, 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 I didn't have any problem with, uh, Dom Ducharme saying that they had, uh, taken care of business in house. And we've seen like Jeff Petrie, it's not the first sign of frustration that he's shown like this season, like earlier in the year, when was it during like a line change and he, he had no options with, with the puck, he went to the bench and he slammed the door closed and he mm-hmm. was yelling to his teammates, the coach staff, who knows who he was, he was yelling to. So it's not the first sign of frustration of, um, of, uh, that Jeff Petrie has shown uh, this season. And when you're losing like so much, like as a, as a team, I can understand frustration, like like players, like the athletes, like they're they want to win. Like that's why they they play the game to win the game, to win it. So when you lose so much, like there's for sure there's uh, this frustration as well. And Rick, I just want to get your comments because uh, it was reported that the, the media on the following days had asked to speak to Jeff Petrie again, just to give him the opportunity to, I don't know, clarify or just to expand on what he mentioned that night and he, and he re- refused, he declined the request to speak to the media. Like what's your interpretation of that? Is it like, cause I think it could be interpreted as two ways. Like one, I said what I had to say or number two is he just didn't want to add to it and just, you know, it's what's in the past and is in the past. Well, I think, uh, listen, there was a lot of people saying that uh, within the absence of, of Shea Weber, that, that maybe uh, Jeff Petrie should be captain of the Montreal Canadiens. And I think we're seeing why it's best that he's not. He's, not. he's, he's an emotional guy. Um, I don't think that, that he's one of the guys that um, necessarily is... Uh, a voice of reason in the room. Um, you know, he, 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 uh, is, is most of the time, um, kind of quiet spoken, but when he's emotional, he's emotional and he kind of, uh, you know, probably says things that he shouldn't. And, and whether it was Petrie who declined or the Canadians thought it was best not to have him back and create any more controversy. And they didn't want the, you know, Petra said this, Ducharme said this, Petra responded. They didn't want that to continue. So I think that was a good move by whoever it was, whether it was Petrie or or the Canadians who uh, decided not to have him respond again. Um, I, I think it was Ben Chirot that came out. And, and, and Ben Chirot, um, he's, you know, he... He uh, spent a lot of time with Shea Weber, and and he's been um, a real leader on a team that's that's in sh- short of uh, leadership. Ben Sherrod has uh, provided some of that this season, and and he kind of calmed things down, I think, uh, as best he could, um, and and kind of kind of just said it wasn't such a big deal. And you mentioned the word uh, leadership when you were talking about Jeff Petrie, and that just made me think of uh, something that happened um, actually earlier this week when when the Canucks, you know, they, they hired Jim Rutherford in the role of, um, of of president of the Vancouver Canucks. And he met the media, I think it was on Monday, but it was really early in the week. And it was one quote that he, that he made that really 
uh, that really stuck to me. Like he spoke about uh, the parity in the league and how if you lose the wrong two guys, you lose drastically. And then if you add the right two guys, you can move up mm-hmm. drastically. So then when, when, so then I took those, like that quote, and I just said, okay, like how would this apply to the Canadians? And then you look at the Canadians, well, you know, the, the, the loss of uh, Shea Weber, the loss of Carey Price, those are like the two wrong guys to lose for the, for the Montreal Canadiens and yeah. what an impact that it's had to, um, to the season. All right, let's move on now to um, to other news that we like we mentioned earlier. Fans they were not permitted to attend the Canadiens home game on Thursday versus uh, the the Flyers, and Rick, this news came really last second. They came about two hours uh, before puck drop, and one it it caught everybody uh, from surprise, and two well it. Um, it caused also some people to change their their, their plans. Well, uh, for sure, there was already uh, fans uh, down two hours before game time. You know, the teams are there, the players are there, the media's uh, m- most of the media are there. Uh, fans had started to gather, and and the the news came out uh, that the Quebec health officials had asked uh, the Canadians. Uh, if uh, they would uh, uh, close their doors to fans and and the Canadians had uh, had agreed to that request uh, and and of course uh, it was because of of uh, concerns about about uh, COVID and the new uh, Omicron variant and and uh, and some uh, big numbers uh, reported of new cases reported on Friday by uh, the, uh, the, the health officials. And, and so out of the abundance of caution, uh, they decided not to permit fans, but it, it was just, um, it was very difficult for, for fan. We, we saw fans who had come in from out of town. We, we even saw Cole Caulfield's dad <laughs> said that, uh, he had come from the States. He had had his tests. He had come through the border and, and, uh, and then wasn't permitted. So, it was a bit of a mess um, uh, to the extent uh, that Rena Lavoie put out a, a, a story. His comments were scathing uh, towards the Quebec government and said, he said, uh, we don't know if this is true, that the NHL is now reconsidering whether the draft will be held in, uh, in Montreal in uh, 2022 because they couldn't have something like that cancelled. Uh, at the last minute, I don't know if that's just hyperbola or, or what it is, but uh, there was a there was a lot of people that uh, were concerned and and uh, inconvenienced for sure. But um, health is always, um, I guess, should be the top consideration. And and uh, the Canadians are not the only ones. Uh, you know, we've seen game postponements uh, throughout the league. We've had we've seen even teams shut down. Uh, the Panthers, the Avalanche, the Flames, they're shut down until after the Christmas break. Saw the Detroit Red Wings with a number of cases announced this morning. It's, it's all over the league. It's all over the AHL. It's all throughout the, the NFL and, and NBA. So um, this, is, this, is, this story is going to be rapidly unfolding um, as, uh, as this week goes along. Yeah, and it'll be very, very, it'll be very fluid, and um, and it's really hard to keep up to date, and and even right now, like there's 
There is Italian Premier is reporting that, you know, maybe Nashville looks like will be shut down through Christmas. Uh, Boston might be shut down through Christmas. And Toronto and Vancouver also might be uh, shut down. So it's very, very fluid situation all over in uh, in hockey. And, and just to add, for what happened Thursday night, uh, for the Flyers game against the Canadians on his podcast as well, Elliot Friedman said that uh, he thinks that the league uh, isn't, happy that the decision was made so late by the, the Quebec authorities and because of the lost hockey-related revenue that they, they, won't, they wouldn't be getting from, uh, uh, from that night. And also, Elliot Friedman said that he thinks that that could have been also one of the reasons, not the main reason, but could have been one of the reasons why uh, Saturday's game against the Bruins was also postponed because they'd rather put it at a later date when there's a slight chance that to get even 50% of uh, capacity. So it's very, very fluid situation going on. I know the same thing for the Rocket game on the, on Friday. Like I was there in an empty building. Uh, the seats were empty. It was kind of, it was different. It was the first time that I'd been to Plattsville for a game without any fans because last year they were playing at uh, the Bell Center. And it was, uh, it was quite a different uh, atmosphere to... Uh, to be at Plastel, uh for uh, for that game. We should just add that uh, the Canadians now are on an, a, a road trip uh, for the rest of, of December. Uh, but when they return, the Canadians have announced that in accordance with their discussions with uh, uh, the Quebec government, that when they return... Uh, that uh, Bell Center uh, restrictions on attendance will be 50%, 50% uh, limitations on fans in the building uh, when they return. We don't know how that's going to be determined. Um, uh, I guess they'll they'll be working on that over the next couple of weeks to to figure out who's going to be which of the season ticket holders, which of the you know all the tickets sold. How that's all going to be uh, proportioned. Um, but, uh, if you have tickets, um, for those games in January, uh, expect to get an email from the Montreal Canadiens, uh, saying how that's going to work. And for, for the Rocket game, like they, they've, they've said, at least as of now, as of the game, the 29th will be at 50% capacity and that ticket holders will be communicated by December 21st. And also did mention that uh, every home game until the end of January is expected to stay at 50% capacity. And another headache to add for like the Laval Rocket is that they're hosting the AHL All-Star game first weekend, sorry, first week of February. So I'm sure there's, uh, I'm sure they're working really hard to try to see how they're going to handle that, which is coming up soon. And even Friday's game against the, um, against the Bruins, there was, uh, they had started selling tickets for the upper bowl. So this, so this means that they're expecting over 8,000 fans for last night's game. So it's, if it was up to the Rockets, they, they, they wanted those 8,000 fans because uh, they don't get that for every uh, single game. So it's very, very fluid. And, and Rick, at this point, like, do you feel that the, we'll, we'll stick with the, with the NHL like, do you think the NHL season should be paused? Like, we heard uh, Jonathan Joy speaking after the game against the Flyers saying he wasn't totally comfortable. We saw Nick Cousins on Twitter posted uh, 
that you know the league should make a pause until the Christmas break. Uh, what are your thoughts on this topic? Yeah, I think that uh, rather than this haphazard, um, there's 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 different regulations as you go province to province, state to state. Uh, arena to arena, and uh, the NHL has to come down and and be a leader here, and um, and say, you know, uh, I, I think that one of the difficult it's not only the the exposure, uh, but the uh, the risks, um, uh, you know, to to playing with a, a, a less than full lineup. Some um, and and because of the cap rules, uh, once players go on. Uh, COVID, uh, many teams aren't uh, uh, eligible to bring up replacements, so they're playing with fewer forwards, fewer defensemen. Uh, our Patrick Williams had reported that in 36 hours, there were 80 transactions in the AHL, uh, call-ups and send-downs and things. So it's as we began, it's a bit chaotic. I, I would like to see the NHL come up and, and be definitive and say, okay, uh, let's let's be sensible. Let let's uh, listen to the players. Let's pause things for the moment, and and uh, that would probably make sense. But I think what they're worried about is that uh, this is just the beginning of the Omicron uh, um, situation, and that uh, that things are going to get worse before they get better. Yeah, likely, and, and I think also. Uh, as well as for the players, like uh, when Gary Bettman spoke, when was it last week? He mentioned the decision to go to the Olympics. It's uh, it will be on the players, the NHLPA, to decide. And we've seen players come out and they voice their concerns. Like we we heard Connor McDavid spoke, uh, John Tavares spoke. Uh, I think those are the players as well that spoke. That's how they're hesitating in going there. I think that the um, like the players, you know, at this point, I think it's too risky for for them to go. They should probably forget about the the Olympics, and then, as a worst case scenario, use those three weeks or four week pause to start catching up. Like the games are getting postponed, like or else there are risks of a season to be extended. Or, I guess a worst case scenario, Rick, would be that they they cut the season short. They allow uh, I don't know thirty teams to make it. Canadians make it to the playoffs. They go into a run. And nothing changes. And we're back to uh, we're back to square one for next season. <laughs> well, that would be exciting. <laughs> exciting is quite the word. Yeah. All right. Time to take our first break here in the Canadian Connection podcast. Coming up next, it's our big topic segment. We're going to talk about some upcoming roster decisions that will need to be made as players return from respective absences, injuries, etc. But at first, we'll have a word from our sponsor, DraftKings. Stay with us. This is the Canadian Connection Podcast on Rocket Sports Radio. Football fans, I'm sure we all love an action-packed, high-scoring NFL game. But with the latest no-brainer from DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, you'll be a winner once a single point is scored. New customers who bet just $1 on any team to score can win $100 in free bets. It's that simple. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes all season long with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Sports Contests. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code THPN. 
Bet $1 on any team to score, and you win $100 in free bets. If they score, you score with promo code THPN this week at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Minimum $5 deposit and $1 wager required. One per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Welcome back to Canadian Connection Podcast on Rocket Sports Radio. I'm Chris Jean. You can find me on Twitter at ChrisApps360. And with me, well, he's in the studio, is our president and founder of Rocket Sports, Rick Stevens. You can follow him on Twitter at AllHabs. And don't forget to follow Habs Connection on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and visit our website at CanadianConnection.com. And don't forget to subscribe to this podcast in your favorite player and leave a comment rate us five stars and uh, tell your friends about us that uh, this is where we get where you'll be the most informed podcast engaged and interactive as well so make sure to make connection podcast it's, it's a nice gift to give over the holiday season <laughs> we don't cost we don't cost anything just 30 seconds to to uh, tell your loved ones about us so go ahead and do that all right, so for our big topic segment, well, earlier this week, Dominic Ducharm said that Canadians, well, they're going to welcome back injured players. And, well, we, we spoke about Simon Niku and Brendan Gallagher who, coming out, who came out of COVID protocol. And, you know, assuming that there will be games next week, like they'll likely be available for, for them to return into action. And that there will be competition for spots on the the roster. And even Dominic Ducharme said that uh, it would give him more flexibility to choose forwards uh, to, uh, well, not just forwards, but players to put in a lineup because right now with all the injuries and the absences, he didn't really have a, didn't really have a choice. You all are me almost played defense uh, this week. <laughs> uh, so a lot of Habs fans and, even observers and experts, they'd like to see like young prospects in the lineup. Uh, from the usage from uh, Dominic Ducharme, you know, he, he hasn't really showed uh, a preference or any kind of usage of the young prospects. Like they haven't played much uh, much time, so we're gonna help him make some decisions, I guess. Like, we'll, we'll, we'll give him our opinion, like, who should play and, and who should go. And just to note that he wasn't asked this week, but in previous weeks, when Dominic Trump was asked about the usage of young players, he said, well, you know, as an organization, like, you know, nobody had told him anything about going that direction. So Dominic Ducharme seems like he's, um, he's coaching to win. Like, he's, regardless, he's coaching to win. Every single, uh, every single game. So we could begin with um, with a forward. So so Brendan Gallagher is probably the next forward to come back into the lineup, unless I'm forgetting somebody. But it should be uh, he should be the next one. So that means we need at least 
at least one forward to come out of the out of the lineup. And Rick, if we're looking only at one forward, I think the answer is um, I don't know if it's simple. It's it's very difficult question to uh, to uh, to answer, but you know I think the easy answer would be probably somebody like uh, if you look on the fourth line, Michael Pizzetto or Cedric Paquette as one of them. But there's also the option that you know Joel Armia. He, he if it wasn't for um, uh, for a late for for Paquette who, who was absent on Thursday last second. He was supposed to play and then had an injury and did not play on Thursday. It looked like Joel Armia would have been the first one sitting out. So how do you see things playing up uh, up front? Yeah, I I guess it it, uh, depends if you look at this from the the perspective of the coach. Uh, As you said, Dom Ducharme said that he hasn't received any directive uh, from the organization, from Jeff Gorton, about how to um, make up his, his lineup. And and yes, he seems far more comfortable with uh, the Cedric Paquettes, with um, uh, Perot, uh, you know, with, with the, the, the veterans. Although, you know, we haven't seen very much uh, from Paquette. Uh, you know, he hasn't been good on the penalty kill. He hasn't been good in the face-off circle. Um, he hasn't even been that physical. We saw him with wind up and, and absolutely miss, uh, on a hit and, and end up in a heap on the, on the ice this week. Um, it's, uh, it's curious, um, because if, if, uh, Dom Ducharme is, uh, coaching to win, uh, they did go through that seven game losing streak. So that strategy doesn't seem to be working very well. So why not? give um the the young players uh, some ice time and you would assume you would have assumed that a, a a a coach who had so much experience in junior would have a preference to for younger players but obviously that's not the case so um interesting with Yol Armia that uh, he somehow has found his way into Dom Ducharme's doghouse and as you said he practiced on uh, in a defensive role, uh, filling in there because it it didn't look like he was going to play. Um, but you look at the at the the younger players, um, and uh, they've been the ones who've been providing the spark. Uh, Cole Caulfield has had a tough start, but uh, he's looked a, a lot better this week. Ryan Paling has been. You're not going to take Ryan Paling out of the lineup. He has t- been terrific since uh, his call up. Jesse Alonen, uh, we talked about his first NHL goal. Uh, it was a, a coin flip to uh, the, the, the goal uh, against the, the Flyers, whether it was uh, the fans or, or uh, uh, Yelonen's would have been his second. Both got their sticks on it. Um, so, and, and uh, Yelonen, uh, you know, when he was on that fourth line uh, with Paquette and Pazetta, Tough role for him. He's an offensive player. He skates well. Uh, he's a bit of a playmaker. He's got a good shot. And it was only when he was uh, put up with the uh, uh, fan and Duran that uh, that line kind of clicked. Um, the the Caulfield, Paling, uh, Lekkonen line clicked. Uh, that was looking good. Um, and we talked about uh, we talked about Evans. Hopefully. Uh, he's going to find his way back to a center position. So with Gallagher coming back, um, you know, I, I think in my books, the candidates would be Pizzetta. Um, you know, he's only playing seven, eight minutes a game. He uh, 
offers that physical presence on the fourth line, but not much beyond that. And maybe some questionable penalties. Uh, Paquette can go to uh, to to uh, uh, be a, back to being a, a healthy scratch, or maybe maybe the Paquette experiments over and and it's time to put him on waivers and and uh, see if anybody claims him. Uh, maybe not, but. Uh, send him down to uh, to the rocket because uh, I'd like to see Yelonen stay, Caulfield stay, Paling stay, the fans stay. Um, I, I think all of those uh, players have added something in the past week that we're not getting from those veterans. And I think like a lot of these decisions also depends on because there there could be like I know you mentioned the first segment for for Keenan Primo that you know maybe he's getting showcased or et cetera and and I think like we don't know exactly like what uh, Jeff Gordon's plan is for now to the trade the deadline are some of these players you know kind of like the veteran players I should say are they playing more like a Paquette like you mentioned or like a Joel Armia or are they playing like these more roles because they want to get you know, showcase to get moved. So then you have to kind of find the balance. I want to play players so they could look better, so we could get more value out of them and compared to playing somebody, you know, younger on them. So I think that it's also a, a balance to find between both. And it's, it's, it's hard if we don't know what the direction, what the direction is like uh, Jeff Gordon knows that. And, and it's, and it's interesting also now, just remember that on uh, the RDS did report that on Monday, the night before the game against the Penguins, that Jeff Gordon did, uh, he, he went out for dinner with all of the coaching staff in, in Pittsburgh. So I'm assuming there was some kind of discussions there, and I'm assuming they spoke about how they're going to play things out for the rest of the season. So I think it'll be interesting to see like now going forward if there'll be a change in that uh, philosophy. Like, We've seen Joanne Dufresne Lonen, like they, they've played well with Chill, they, they've gotten good ice time as um, as well. So it would be good to see um, uh, how things, if they will change from now until until then. And hopefully, on, on when they had that dinner, that Jeff Gordon provided them direction, like uh, it, whether it's them saying, you know what, like guys play the young players. You're, you're safe until the end of the season. So whether you lose the next 50 games or, or you win them all, like it doesn't change anything. So go out there play the young players and see how uh, things, um, how things go. And I'm also wondering how like the waiver wire, like the players who are waiver eligible, how that comes into impact as well when it comes to the decisions. Because, uh, was it Lofrey, Pizzetta, Paquette, all require waivers where where Elonen, Paling, and Caulfield uh, don't. So I think that might come into consideration as well as mine. Just before we leave the forwards, and and um, uh, I, I do agree with you as far as uh, there are players in the lineup, and, and we'll talk about that when we get to the defense, but uh, there may be forwards who are... Uh, being showcased, uh, Matthew Perot would be one of those. He's uh, he's. Let's just say there's there's almost a certainty that he'll be traded uh, at before the trade deadline. 
Um, you know, does that apply to uh, an Arturi Lekkanen? Lekkanen would be a valuable player to any team. He's probably been the most consistent Canadian uh, this season. He's playing really well, and and it seems that any line is uh, that he's been placed on is better uh, when he arrives there. Uh, a Cedric Paquette it has uh, virtually zero value, um, so I think he could be uh, one of those that. Uh, where where it's not you're not worrying about um, um, uh, showcasing him because there there just isn't there just isn't a value and 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 the same situation I think applies when we get to the defense. Yeah, and let's move on now. Speak to for uh, for the defense. Uh, the next one that should come back, well, I guess is Chris Weidman, who would be back if you compare it to Thursday's lineup. And there's also Sammy Niku who, who will be back in the lineup as well. So there will be some decisions that will uh, need to be made uh, for the Canadians. So so one thing that I think like Romanov Romanov now since he since he was sat out that game and came back since then I think he, he's played really good and I think that the, that the coaching staff is really happy. So I don't think there's a risk of him being the uh, singled out and being uh, sat out for the Canadians. But, you know, I think you know, other players to being potentially being showcased, you know, Ben Charot, you know, even on the TSM trade bait board, he's number one. So I think everybody knows that he, he won't finish the season in Montreal. So he's getting power play time. He's getting plenty of uh, ice time at, um, at the blue line. Then, I don't know, like there's Brett Kulak. Can you get anything for Brett Kulak? And then there's Kyle Craig. And then there's Sami Niku up there, but um, how do you see things looking at the on the? Yeah, I think that you know Ben Sherrod is a, an, one of those other certainties to be traded, um, and and particularly, that's the kind of guy that I think that Jeff Gordon is already. Uh, receiving calls on and um, you know a team would like to have Ben Sherratt right now Uh, probably uh, you're going to see Jeff Gorton wait uh, because his trade value as long as he doesn't get injured knock on wood uh, his trade value is only going to increase as as you get closer to uh, the uh, uh, the trade deadline but uh, you know for sure Ben Ben Sherratt is on the list um, Brett Kulak also, um, I think that he's almost a certain to be, to be traded. What can you get for Brett Kulak? Well, um, he's played decently, um, and, uh, and, and as a puck mover and maybe that, um, you know, seventh, eighth defenseman, that depth defenseman that, that, uh, a playoff bound organization would like to, to, uh, add, um, you know, the, the others, uh, you mentioned Romanov, he's looked great. Uh, even beside Petrie, uh, he's he's looked pretty good. Uh, but it's the it's those other ones on the bottom pairing: the Brett Kulak, Sammy Niku, Chris Weidman, uh, Kale Clegg. All are kind of similar uh, in that they're puck moving defensemen, not not uh, physical at all. Out of all of them, uh, I'd like to see more of Sammy Niku. I think he probably has the most. Potential, although you know, Kale Clegg um, maybe had his best game against uh, uh, Philadelphia. Um, so I, I think Sammy Niku has shown sparks, has shown that that maybe he's the kind of uh, defenseman uh, that the Canadians have been missing. But you know, not quite enough evidence there uh, for that. 
Uh, Chris Weidman, I, th- I think we know what Chris Weidman can do, and we've seen enough of him. So other than a showcase uh, opportunity, I, I don't, I'd rather see Chris Weidman of that grouping sit uh, than, than any of the others. Um, but there's going to be, there's going to be uh, decisions, obviously, um, uh, that are to be made. And, and, you know, again, uh, we haven't heard much about, um, Edmondson and, and, um, he, each time he gets close then has a setback. And the last we heard was that he was set to go for an MRI and, and, uh, uh, not too much, uh, in the way of updates on him, but, but if he's able to come back in the new year, that's going to affect uh, the roster decisions as well. Yeah, and I think between like the, the three defense you mentioned there, you're at Clay, Nico, and Whiteman. In terms of trade value, like I, I think Whiteman would probably be the one that has mm-hmm. like the, that will bring back the most value. So, so at the same time, like if you want to try to get more in return for Chris Whiteman, well, we have to play him. I mean, they have to sit either Clay or or Nico out. So I think like that's the kind of direction that uh, Ducharme and the coaching staff needs from Gordon. Like this is this is the direction. This is what I'd like us to do. This is what we're trying to do, and you know, coach uh, coach accordingly for uh, like the ice time and the decisions that are that are made. So it will be an interesting um, period going uh, going forward, and all of this is assuming that there's hockey being uh, being played. Just to put you on the spot a bit, um, yep. since you did that in, in to me in the first segment, um, <laughs> there's been there's been more talk this week uh, than other weeks about Jake Allen. Uh, that if uh, Carey Price is to return, um, there's been all sorts of speculation, and we we saw some uh, some unnamed scouts even saying that maybe. Uh, Jake Allen could receive the trading of Jake Allen. uh, The Canadians could receive a a late first round pick an early second round pick for him. And uh, that, that Gordon should uh, consider something like that. Would you uh, uh, consider trading Jake Allen? So now you know, for the can of worms, but it all, it all depends. I think of what Gordon's plan is with, with Carey Price and, and his future is Gordon's plan on talking to Price to see if he's interested in moving on to another team or not. If Carey Price, the plan is Carey Price remains with the team and he's here like through his rebuild or whatever's going on, then I'd look at moving uh, Jake Allen if I could get like a, fir- a, a good first round pick or whatever, like a, an interesting return. If the plan is that Gordon once you know like the carry price isn't here for the long term, then I keep uh, then I keep Jake Allen around because or else you'd be probably stuck bringing Keaton Primo to play out there. That's the whole domino effect that I think would um, would come from it. So I really think it it all depends on what the future is with uh, with carry price. If price stays, Allen Allen goes for it because or else I feel that. We, the Canadians would trade Jake Allen, and then they'd be looking for another Jake Allen type of goal to replace him. And so I, so I, I don't think they would take much of a step forward um, with that. So I push you in the spot and ask you, make you answer back. 
Oh, if you sure, and I think that's fair. Um, uh, Jake Allen, I think um, we've seen what Jake Allen is. He can be a great uh, uh, backup. Uh, he's not a he's not a number one goalie anymore in the league. Um, you know, he he hasn't had a great season. He's had individual games where he's looked good, but. Um, you know, when he's uh, put into the role of a number one, it, it just isn't there. So if there's an opportunity to move him uh, and get a good return for him, uh, then for sure. And, and you know, it, it um, my preference is to see uh, Caden Primo spend as much time as possible in uh, the AHL. Um, but if, you know, the, the Canadians like what they saw uh, most recently and, and if uh, Carey Price is committed to staying. Um, then are they looking at a tandem of, of Price Primo going forward, and then uh, Jake Allen becomes expendable? Uh, that's you know that's entirely possible. Um, but there's a lot of a lot of balls up in the air. A lot of things that uh, have to happen. I, I I'll just emphasize that this is. This is a huge opportunity for the Montreal Canadiens. It's a huge opportunity for Jeff Gordon um, because the Canadians have some players where, uh, you know, uh, uh, potential trade partners can think of how well those players played in uh, the, uh, the, the, the run-up to the Stanley Cup final last year. And Arturi Lekanen, uh, Armia was even good in the, in the playoffs. And those kind of pictures are in their mind. And now the Canadians are in a p- position where they want to unload a lot of contracts. They want to free up cap space. So this is a huge opportunity that doesn't come around uh, very often. And Jeff Gordon and uh, the, the future general manager should really take advantage of that and give themselves as much flexibility as possible. Now we're going to take our final break here in the Canadian Connection podcast. When we come back, we'll introduce you to one of our Rocket Sports team members. Stay with us. You're listening to Canadian Connection podcast on Rocket Sports Radio. The Canadians Connection is proud to be a partner of Rocket Sports Media, digital media publishers of sports and entertainment websites. Their mission is to build a worldwide network of sports fans who are informed, engaged, entertained, and connected. Learn more about RSM, its team, and its portfolio of brands at rocketsportsmedia.com. I bet you enjoy sporting your best Habs jerseys, dressing up your kids and pets in the cutest Habs gear, and showing off your decked out hockey cave or fan ink. Well, don't just show your friends, show your Habs. The team at All Habs wants you to boast your finest pictures for our global network of Montreal Canadiens fans. Include the hashtag ShowYourHabs when posting your fan photos on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram. Then log on to ShowYourHabs.com to see your entries, along with photos and posts from Habs fans all over the world. A proud member of the Rocket Sports Media Network. If you're a business owner looking for the perfect platform to reach a targeted audience of customers, Rocket Sports Media is the solution. Our global hockey community provides unmatched social media reach to an attentive demographic of sports and entertainment fans. We can provide visibility to your company, helping you to engage and leverage this prime group of potential clientele. In addition, we also offer sponsorship opportunities for fan events and featured areas of website content, giving you name and logo recognition. 
Visit rocketsportsmedia.com to contact us regarding this unique marketing opportunity. For the most trusted source of news, analysis, and features about the Montreal Canadiens, their affiliates, and their prospects, log in to allhabs.net, your year-round resource for anything Habs-related. That's allhabs.net. All right, welcome back to episode 169 of the Canadian Connection podcast on the Rocket Sports Radio. You can follow Habs Connection on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, and visit our website at canadianconnection.com. I'm Chris G, along with uh, Rick Stevens. And, well, lots of content coming up, uh, always published on uh, daily on uh, allhabs.net. Uh, myself, I come up with a, a, a Canadian's Habs notepads every Monday morning gets published early in the morning with a wrap up of the weekend's news. And as well, prior to every game, there is a preview and a complete uh, post game coverage on uh, the recaps uh, as well. And every week we have uh, Ben who um, produces a video on you for YouTube for our site, the Habs Fan uh, Forum. And Rick, why don't you give us uh, a preview of what uh, was his last episode? He talked about uh, having the will to win. Um, uh, listen, it's it's been a struggle for Canadians fans. It's been frustrating for players, as we heard from Jeff Petrie, but it's also been frustrating for fans. Uh, they want to see wins. They have opinions. And, and um, as each week, uh, Ben tries to channel those and... and uh, and, and take the comments that he gets and that we're hearing on our Facebook page and, and from you on Twitter and all social media and try to uh, capture what, what Habs fans are feeling. Ben and uh, Mike Raschel were out at, a, uh, at a, a Hamilton Bulldogs game to see Jan Meshack. And, and uh, so uh, there's all kinds of content gathering going on with the Rocket Sports team. It is a team. It is a family. Uh, and and we try to do our best to to bring all the stories uh, from from a whole uh, number of different perspectives, uh, so that you are fully engaged and informed about the Montreal Canadiens, the Montreal Canadiens organization, not just the, the uh, Canadiens team. And also every Tuesday on the AHL Dot Report is the press zone with Im uh, Johnson and uh, Rick Stevens. Latest news on uh, the Canadiens prospects of our Rocket. Uh, that's posted every uh, Tuesday. So don't forget, it's a sister podcast, and don't forget to subscribe to that podcast as well on your favorite podcast player. Last week we talked about, uh, we, we've been talking about can, uh, uh, rocket graduates to the NHL. We talked about uh, in the, the NHL hot stove with Patrick Williams, all of the graduates, uh, some really amazing stories through the NHL about AHL players who are making different uh, a difference on their NHL teams. And, um, you know, we all remember uh, Charlie Lindgren. Uh, Charlie Lindgren signed with the St. Blue, St. Louis Blues in the offseason, 
has had a great uh, season so far in Springfield, was promoted, uh, and uh, he just last night uh, against uh, the Dallas Stars set a record uh, for the uh, franchise record for the St. Louis Blues, the only goaltender uh, to win uh, their first five games in a row. Uh, when joining the St. Louis Blues, he's a five and zero record, one twenty two goals against, nine fifty eight save, save percentage, and uh, those of us who watched uh, Charlie uh, so carefully are uh, are thrilled for him and uh, his success, even even though it's with a, a different team. And now joining us is uh, Michael Spinella. You've heard him; he's, he's a regular contributor here in the Canadians Connection uh, podcast. And while Michael. He's going to chat with one of our Rocket Sports Media contributor. He's going to chat with with uh, Maria, one of our team members. Thanks, guys. I'm Michael Spinella. You can find me on Twitter at the Spinella. That's the S P I N E L L A. I'm excited to be back here on the Canadians Connection podcast, and with me making her Canadians Connection and podcast debut here in the studio is my Rocket Sports Media colleague Maria Buabdo. Maria, how are you doing? Hi, I'm good. How are you? Not too bad. Excited to talk to you and uh, good to see you here in the studio. Yeah, same here. I'm excited. So just so all our listeners uh, can find you on Twitter, uh, what's your Twitter handle? Uh, it's at Boabdo Maria. So B-O-U-A-B-D-O Maria. Perfect. So uh, I'm just going to start off by uh, asking you, how did you uh, join Rocket Sports? I know you're a new recruit this year along with me, and uh, you haven't had a chance to be on any of the podcasts yet, but I know you've done some writing. But uh, how did you uh, find out about the opportunity? Um, so it was around the time my semester started, I think it was in September. Um, I was just looking to contribute a little bit more in sports, and especially hockey. And I saw that Rocket Sports Media was looking for contributors. So it clicked for me. And it was also around the time that I started really paying attention to the Laval Rockets and DHL in general. And I saw um, their AHL report and everything that they covered. Uh, compared to other coverage, there's little coverage of DHL, in my opinion. And that's something I was really interested in. So that's why I wanted to join. And uh, how's your experience been so far? Uh, what sort of things have you done to contribute? Oh, my experience has been great. I remember when I first talked to Amy, she said that the group was like a little family and that's exactly how it has been. And I love that. And it, I'm learning a lot from Rick and Amy. They both have a lot of experience and just seeing everyone's different perspectives on things and getting to know everyone, it's really been great. And so for my contributions, I started with a few press releases. And after that, I started a weekly column on HL Report with Amy. So it's called HL Weekly. And basically, it's a weekly recap of what happens around the HL, um, government news, rankings, leaders, and suspensions. Uh, also, the player of the week and the players of the month for every first week of every month. And there are some small game recap summaries for the Rocket and the Lehigh Valley Phantoms. And I'm also really excited to start a new project with Rick for all Habs. It's going to be a bi-weekly column on the fan perspective of anything really happening around the Habs. For example, right now it would be interesting to see what fans are thinking about possible GM replacements, the coach, or possible trades, especially fan favorites, just to see what everyone is thinking and feeling. I think hockey also comes with emotional, emotional attachment. So 
it's going to be interesting to see what fans are thinking about all of it. Yeah, so you mentioned uh, taking a perspective as a hockey fan. So how did you become a hockey fan and uh, who are your uh, favorite teams in the NHL? So I really became a hockey fan. I want to say that was around the 2010 Winter Olympics. I was 10 at the time. So I don't really remember much, but I remember being really impressed by Sidney Crosby and his golden goal. So that was when I really became a hockey fan. And I mean, but even before that, my dad was, I, I would see him cheering for the Habs and watch hockey. So I would watch some games with him. Um, and really after the Olympics, I started watching a lot and following more. And then during the 2016-17 season, I started watching the Leafs. <laughs> I just kept hearing about them from friends, media, social media. And I know it's weird, but I just wanted to see, um, I was curious. So I started watching them and I guess I liked it. And that was when I became a Leafs fan too. So Habs and Leafs for me. Oof. Well, those are two teams that really do dominate the media and you hear about them all the time. So I understand where you're getting a little bit curious about the two. But the one thing I do know about these two teams is they do tend to hate each other. So how do you balance that fandom between the two teams that just absolutely hate each other's guts? To be honest with you, I'm not sure. <laughs> it's fun. I think that's how I try to see it just more uh, entertaining. Um, like you said, it's the hate. Um, to me, it's more funny than anything. So it helps also to have friends who cheer for both teams. Um, and I mean, I'm on hockey, right? Uh, I'm, on hockey, I'm on hockey Twitter. So I constantly see both sides of things and just fans arguing. So to me, that's funny. I think that makes it a lot easier. And I want to ask you too, you're a Sens fan, right? Yeah, so uh, being from Ottawa, I did grow up a Sens fan. Obviously, the team when I was growing up around like uh, 2005, 2006 was a much better and more exciting team to watch, but uh, I did get hooked on that. As I've grown up, as most people know, I've become more of an NHL fan in general, and I have started paying a lot more attention to the Montreal Canadiens in the last two years just because there's been so many fascinating storylines and like look no further than this season. It's just an endless amount of drama. So there is a lot of hate between the Habs and the Sens, but uh, for the most part, if I have a Habs game, uh, if there is a Habs game on and if there's a Sens game on, I'll kind of flip between the two and I'll watch the game that I think is just more fun to watch. I, I just enjoy watching good hockey as opposed to just focusing on a specific team. So I know uh, during the preseason, you actually went to see uh, Habs versus Leafs at the Bell Center, and you had a little bit of a dilemma with uh, whose jersey you might wear. Uh, did you want to tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, um, it was actually my first time going to the Bell Center ever. And I just wasn't sure because I know the Leafs, well, they don't play here uh, that often. So I wanted to cheer for them, but I ended up going in a Habs jersey. <laughs> and I mean, I'm happy I did. They ended up winning that game. Nice. But I, I still had my Leafs beanie on. But it was fun. It's just for me watching these, like, these two teams play each other. 
I'm a bit conflicted because I don't know who to cheer for. I kind of just sometimes pick a few players that are playing well in that game and root for them. So uh, looking back at uh, last year's playoffs, we did have a first round series between Montreal and Toronto. Uh, how was that for you? Like, were you still very conflicted about who to cheer for? Uh, to be honest with you, I wasn't expecting the Habs to win. So I was kind of rooting for the Leafs more because of my expectations that they were going to win. But to me, that was, I mean, that series was sad. The playoffs were a bit sad. I think it was mostly because of the high expectations that I had for the Leafs. For me personally, it was the first time that I was really expecting them to get far in the playoffs. And obviously that didn't happen. But I was very happy about the Habs beating them and getting to the Stanley Cup final, of course. Uh, we, I mean, we watched some amazing hockey last playoffs for the Habs. And I think it hit me that the Leafs had lost after the Habs lost against Tampa. <laughs> so that's when I got sad about the Leafs losing. And I really realized that they need to do something about their playoff performance. Yeah, I guess uh, in a way that's kind of uh, I got a win-win scenario when you have two teams you like against each other. Because, you know, at least a team that you like is going to move on to the next round. <laughs> Yeah, of course. I'll, uh, I'll get your thoughts on, uh, I guess, uh, the NHL season so far uh, for your two favorite teams, Montreal and Toronto. So I have completely different thoughts for these two teams. Um, for the Habs, I think their season, I want to say it has been concerning. It's not really the losing that's concerning because I think we've all accepted that it's a lost season, that they're losing, I want to say, even tanking. But it's the player development that's concerning, in my opinion, because even though they're losing and that's just the way it is this season, I still think that the team should take care of their young players and make sure they're developing right. And that's just not something that we're seeing right now. But for the Leafs, um, I'm really happy with how they're playing. I think we're seeing something a bit new this season. It's they're coming back when they're in deficit and they're not giving up as many leads. Obviously, that's still happening but a lot less. I mean, I know it's still the beginning of the season, so we'll have to see about that in a few months, but I just think that they look better, and if they're able to control those leads, maybe they should be fine, at least for the regular season. And I'll, uh, I'll put you on the spot here just for fun. Uh, are the Maple Leafs going to make it past the first round this year? I don't know. <laughs> I want to say yes, but... We all saw what happened last season when they were supposed to. Yeah, there's, there's probably no right answer at the moment. So it's a good way for you to, I guess, dodge that bullet to, and not answer that. <laughs> but I'll just ask a little bit about your educational background. And uh, you mentioned uh, you were doing a lot of writing uh, for uh, both All Habs and the AHL Report. So uh, what's your uh, experience uh, in education and uh, your background in writing? Um, so right now I go to Concordia in Montreal, I'm doing a double major in journalism and sociology. So yeah, it's a lot of writing between these two majors. Um, so I'm in my third year now. And when I first started in my program, I started also contributing for a student newspaper. It's the Concordian. So I still do that occasionally, a lot less now that I'm writing about sports for well, Rocket Sports Media. 
but I still sometimes write about um, news happening like in Montreal or music articles, even sports articles sometimes. And uh, right now you're uh, at the end of your semester. So uh, what do you have planned for these next couple of weeks off? Are you just going to keep on writing with uh, Rocket? Yeah, writing, sleeping, watching hockey. <laughs> That's the plan. <laughs> All the fun stuff. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I know you attended your first AHL games this year in Laval, and you mentioned right off the top that uh, the AHL is a league that you, you're starting to follow a little bit more and you're kind of curious about. Uh, so what was it like attending your first uh, games in Laval, and uh, what was the atmosphere at uh, Place Bell? It was amazing. Um, so it was when Caulfield was sent down to Laval, so obviously it was almost sold out. Um, the crowd was just going crazy whenever Caulfield had the puck or was doing anything. But I mean, it's not just about him, you know, the team is, is great. And just HL hockey in general, it's a lot different than the NHL, which I wasn't really expecting, I guess. But when you see it live too, it's so much different, but it's, it's great hockey. It's really good hockey and it's fun to watch. And yeah, those two games I went to, uh, my first one was the, it was in October, I want to say, um, when Laval shut out Belleville three to nothing, Th three to nothing, sorry. And I just remember Primo being outstanding. He, he looked really good. And the second game was two days later. Um, was it two days later? A few days later <laughs> against uh, the Utica Comets. Uh, Laval lost, but it was when Caulfield scored his first goal. So everyone was going crazy. The refs didn't call the goal at first, but eventually they did. And it was a good game despite Laval losing. But it's definitely a great at atmosphere at the last bell and I'll be going again hopefully and uh, you've mentioned a couple times now that uh, the AHL is actually kind of a fun league to watch uh, how have you found the compete level oh the compete level is really high it's I think it's guys fighting to make it eventually to the NHL so it's just I think it's completely different than the NHL it's just really dedicated guys playing to make it I think not that they haven't made it at that level, but. Definitely agree with that. And uh, I know that uh, you also mentioned that uh, you managed to get out to a couple Habs games for the first time. Uh, you were thinking about going to the game on Thursday night against the Flyers, but it turned into a bit of a mess as at the last minute, uh, they announced that there were not gonna be any fans allowed into the arena. And uh, actually going forward, there's going to be a limited capacity uh, for the month of January in uh, the Bell Center. So what are your thoughts on that? Uh, I guess from a fan's perspective and Thursday leading up to when they announced uh, that they weren't going to allow any fans in the building, uh, what was your impression there on how they handled it? Yeah, yesterday was a mess. Well, Thursday was a mess. Um, I, I think they didn't really have a choice with the number of COVID cases going up. I mean, I think they could have handled it a bit better, but at the end of the day, people's health is more important than going to a hockey game, which is uh, something that Jonathan Drouin said after Thursday's game. And I think they just did what they had to do. But yeah, I interacted with a fan on Twitter on Thursday and um, he was he booked a hotel in Montreal to go see the game and two hours before that he wasn't able to. So that has to, I mean, that must be difficult for people who travel to go to the game. 
as for the 50% capacity in January, I think it's I think it's understandable, and they're doing that in advance so people can know beforehand. Um, I think 50% is still better than no fans at all. Seeing no fans um, during the Thursday game, I think it was just it was sad, um, in my opinion. After the bubble and the entire season, well, last season without fans except the playoffs, it was nice to see a full Bell Center and just full arenas in general. So hopefully we can get back to that without putting people's health at risk either. And one thing that stood out to me uh, during Thursday night's game was it, just seeing all the empty seats, no tarps or anything. It was a little bit awkward. I'm glad they had, uh, I guess, the fake crowd noise ready to go. Otherwise, that uh, it would have been even more bizarre. But uh, I do agree. Uh, obviously, people's health has to come first. It's pretty unfortunate that uh, they announced that they weren't letting fans in so last minute like that. I, I don't know what went on behind the scenes there leading up to that decision, but I'm imagining that they're not going to, you know, do that unless they absolutely have to. Obviously, ticket sales are a big source of revenue for this team, so they're not just going to let that go for absolutely no reason. And as per uh, limited capacity in January, it's I think Ontario is doing something similar. So I kind of saw that one coming, and uh, I do agree. It makes sense. Yeah, definitely. Well, awesome. It was good to have you on the show today with me, Maria. It was nice to talk to you. And uh, I hope all our listeners appreciate hearing some new voices, especially new recruits uh, through Rocket Sports Media, like myself. And uh, I hope you have a great rest of your weekend. Thank you. Thanks for having me. All right, thank you very much, Michael. And, well, time to look ahead now for the Canadians' upcoming games. And while we told you earlier that as of right now, uh, the the sad night game against the Boston Bruins has been postponed. On the schedule right now, the Canadians have three games. They have a game on Monday in New York to face the Islanders. On Wednesday to face the Rangers at Madison Square Garden. And then on Thursday... They're scheduled to be in New Jersey to face the New Jersey Devils. And, you know, everything is out there. It's, it's pending. At least it's on the, 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 the schedule. So we'll, we'll see. Hopefully the games, if, if it's safe to be played, they get played out. Uh, if not, that they, they get uh, postponed. But those are the three games currently on the schedule for the Canadians. And, and just to add, since the start of the episode, there's been more teams that have been uh, games have been canceled. The Leafs and the Canucks uh, are, have both been shut down for this weekend. Both uh, also had games on Sunday, so they won't be playing as well. So, if you listen to us uh, before Saturday night, if you want to know what game is on, just turn the TV on at 7 p.m. Flip the channels, and hopefully, there's at least one game for uh, for you to watch. But uh, we'll, we'll keep you posted. Uh, on anything that's going on for the Montreal Canadiens on our social media platform. The other thing you can do if you have a, an off night from the Canadians, listen to this podcast and maybe there was a podcast that you missed. Uh, so go to canadiansconnection.fm, canadiansconnection.fm and you can find all of our episodes and uh, and go back and, and listen and, uh, and, and catch up. And as Chris said uh, earlier, uh, be sure to share it with your friends. And if you have any opinions once you've listened to our podcast, 
uh, reach out to us at 5853-ROCKET, the Rocket Sports text line, 5853-ROCKET. And, and just a special programming note for the Canadian Connection podcast. Our next episode will be on Friday, Friday, December 24th. So one thing for sure is there might be games that are being postponed, but the Canadian Connection podcast won't be postponed. Like we're so excited. We're actually going to bring it one day earlier for you next uh, next week. So, so make sure you mark that on the calendars. If you want to make it simpler, just subscribe to the Canadian Connection podcast and you won't have to worry the new episode will just drop into the application when it gets uh, published. So, Rick, thank you very much. It was great to be here with you. I'll say Merry Christmas to you because we'll have uh, somebody else in the in the hosting chair next week. Uh, so, uh, have a great uh, holiday with uh, your your family, and uh, and we'll look to get you back uh, just before the the New Year's show. Yeah, same to you and same to all our listeners as well. So, so happy holidays to uh, to everybody. Make sure to subscribe uh, to the Canadian Connection podcast. I'll say that uh, once again. Hopefully, there will be some Canadian games that we could talk about uh, from now until uh, in the next coming days or weeks. So, thank you for listening. Thank you for interacting with us. I'm Chris G. You can follow me on Twitter at Chris360. Happy holidays, and we'll talk to you next week on the Canadian Connection podcast. Click subscribe so you never miss an episode of Canadians Connection. Visit allhabs.net for breaking news about the Montreal Canadiens.